O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, September 4th. Shabbat Shalom. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Netzavim, and it means, You are standing. Isaiah 55, 6-56, 8 Seek Hashem while He can be found. Call to Him while He is near. Let the wicked give up his ways, the sinful man his plans. Let him turn back to Hashem, and he will pardon him. To our God, for he freely forgives. For my plans are not your plans, nor are my ways your ways, declares Hashem. But as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways high above your ways, and my plans above your plans. For as the rain or snow drops from heaven, and returns not there, but soaks the earth, and makes it bring forth vegetation, yielding seed for sowing and bread for eating, so is the word that issues from my mouth. It does not come back to me void, but performs what I purpose, and achieves what I sent it to do. Yes, you shall leave in joy and be led home secure. Before you, mount and hill shall shout aloud, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the briar, a cypress hall, a cypress shall arise. Instead of the nettle, a myrtle shall arise. These shall stand as a testimony to Hashem, as an everlasting sign that shall not perish. Thus said Hashem, Observe what is right, and do what is just. For soon my salvation shall come, and my deliverance will be revealed. 
Happy is the man who does this, the man who holds fast to it, who keeps the Shabbat and does not profane it, and stays his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner say, Who has attached himself to Hashem? Hashem will keep me apart from his people. And let not the eunuch say, I am a withered tree. For thus said Hashem, As for the eunuchs who keep my Shabbat, who have chosen what I desire and hold fast to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons or daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which shall not perish. As for the foreigners who attach themselves to Hashem, to minister to Him and to love the name of Hashem, to be His servants and all who keep the Shabbat and do not profane it, and who hold fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my sacred mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices shall be welcome on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus declares Hashem, who gathers the dispersed of Israel, I will gather still more to those already gathered. Ecclesiastes 7, 1-9-18 A good name is better than fragrant oil, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting, for that is the end of every man, and a living one should take it to heart. Vexation is better than revelry, for though the face be sad, the heart may be glad. Wise men are drawn to a house of mourning, and fools to a house of merrymaking. It is better to listen to a wise man's reproof than to listen to the praise of fools. For the levity of the fool is like the crackling of nettles under a kettle, but that too is illusory. For cheating may rob the wise man of reason and destroy the prudence of the cautious. The end of the matter is better than the beginning of it, better a patient spirit than a haughty spirit. Don't let your spirit be quickly vexed, for vexation abides in the breasts of fools. Don't say, How has it happened that former times were better than these? For it is not wise of you to ask that question. Wisdom is as good as a patrimony, and even better for those who behold the sun. For to be in the shelter of wisdom is to be also in the shelter of money, and the advantage of intelligence is that wisdom preserves the life of him who possesses it. Consider Hashem's doing. Who can straighten what he has twisted? So, in a time of good fortune, enjoy the good fortune, and in a time of misfortune, reflect. The one no less than the other was Hashem's doing. Consequently, man may find no fault with him. In my own brief span of life, I have seen both these things. Sometimes a good man perishes in spite of his goodness, and sometimes a wicked one endures in spite of his wickedness. So don't overdo goodness, and don't act the wise man to excess, or you may be dumbfounded. Don't overdo wickedness, and don't be a fool, or you may die before your time. It is best that you grasp 
the one without letting go of the other, for one who fears Hashem will do his duty by both. Wisdom is more of a stronghold to a wise man than ten magnates that a city may contain. For there is not one good man on earth who does what is best and doesn't err. Finally, don't pay attention to everything that is said, so that you may not hear your slave reviling you. For well you remember the many times that you yourself have reviled others. All this I tested with wisdom. I thought I could fathom it, but it eludes me. The secret of what happens is elusive and deep. Deep down, who can discover it? I put my mind to studying, exploring, and seeking wisdom and the reason of things, and to studying wickedness, stupidity, madness, and folly. Now I find woman more bitter than death. She is all traps, her hands are fetters, and her heart is snares. He who is pleasing to Hashem escapes her, and he who is displeasing is caught by her. See, this is what I found, said Kohelet, item by item, in my search for the reason of things. As for what I sought further but did not find, I found only one human being in a thousand, and the one I found among so many was never a woman. But see, this I did find. Hashem made men plain, but they have engaged in too much reasoning. Who is like the wise man, and who knows the meaning of the adage, a man's wisdom lights up his face so that his deep discontent is disassembled? I do. Obey the king's orders, and don't rush into uttering an oath by Hashem. Leave his presence. Do not tarry in a dangerous situation, for he can do anything he pleases. Inasmuch as a king's command is authoritative, and none can say to him, What are you doing? One who obeys orders will not suffer from the dangerous situation. A wise man, however, will bear in mind that there is a time of doom. For there is a time for every experience, including the doom, for a man's calamity overwhelms him. Indeed, he does not know what is to happen, even when it is on the point of happening. Who can tell him? No man has authority over the life-breath. To hold back the life-breath, there is no authority over the day of death. There is no mustering out from that war. Wickedness is powerless to save its owner. All these things I observed. I noted all that went on under the sun, while men still had authority over men to treat them unjustly. And then I saw scoundrels coming from the holy site and being brought to burial, while such as had acted righteously were forgotten in the city. And here is another frustration. The fact that the sentence imposed for evil deeds is not executed swiftly, which is why men are emboldened to do evil. The fact that a sinner may do evil a hundred times and his punishment still be delayed. For although I am aware that it will be well with those who revere Hashem since they revere Him, and it will not be well with the scoundrel, and he will not live long because he does not revere Hashem. Here is a frustration that occurs in the world. Sometimes an upright man is requited according to the conduct of the scoundrel, and sometimes the scoundrel is requited according to the conduct of the upright. 
I say all that is frustration. I therefore praised enjoyment, for the only good a man can have under the sun is to eat and drink and enjoy himself. That much can accompany him in exchange for his wealth through the days of life that Hashem has granted him under the sun. For I have set my mind to learn wisdom and to observe the business that goes on in the world, even to the extent of going without sleep day and night. And I have observed all that Hashem brings to pass. Indeed, man cannot guess the events that occur under the sun. For man tries strenuously, but fails to guess them. And even if a sage should think to discover them, he would not be able to guess them. For all this I noted, and I ascertained all this, that the actions of even the righteous and the wise are determined by Hashem. Even love, even hate, man knows none of these in advance, none. For the same fate is in store for all for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good and pure and for the impure, for him who sacrifices and for him who does not, for him who is pleasing and for him who is displeasing, and for him who swears and for him who shuns oaths. That is the sad thing about all that goes on under the sun, that the same fate is in store for all. Not only that, but men's hearts are full of sadness, and their minds of madness while they live, and then to the dead. For he who is reckoned among the living has something to look forward to. Even a live dog is better than a dead lion. Since the living know they will die, but the dead know nothing, they have no more recompense, for even the memory of them has died. Their loves, their hates, their jealousies have long since perished, and they have no more share till the end of time and all that goes on under the sun. Go, eat your bread in gladness and drink your wine in joy, for your action was long ago approved by Hashem. Let your clothes always be freshly washed and your head never lack ointment. Enjoy happiness with the woman you love all the fleeting days of life that have been granted to you under the sun, all your fleeting days. For that alone is what you can get out of life and out of the means you acquire under the sun. Whatever it is in your power to do, do with all your might. For there is no action, no reasoning, no learning, no wisdom in Sheol where you are going. I have further observed under the sun that the race is not won by the swift, nor the battle by the valiant, nor is bread won by praise. I have further observed under the sun that the race is not won by the swift, nor the battle by the valiant, nor is bread won by the wise, nor wealth by the intelligent, nor favor by the learned, for the time of mischance comes to all. And a man cannot even know his time, as fishes are enmeshed in a fatal net, and as birds are trapped in a snare, so men are caught at the time of calamity, when it comes upon them without warning. This thing, too, I observed under the sun about wisdom, and it affected me profoundly. There was a little city with few men in it, and to it came a great king who invested in it 
and built mighty siege works against it. Present in the city was a poor, wise man who might have saved it with his wisdom. But nobody thought of that poor man. So I observed, Wisdom is better than valor, but a poor man's wisdom is scorned, and his words are not heeded. Words spoken softly by wise men are heeded sooner than those shouted by a lord in folly. Wisdom is more valuable than weapons of war, but a single error destroys much of value. Second Corinthians seven eight to sixteen. For though I, Paul, made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle has made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world works death. For behold, this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yes, what clearing of yourselves, yes, what indignation, yes, what fear, yes, what vehement desire, yes, what zeal, yes, what revenge. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this manner. Wherefore, though I wrote to you, I did not for his his cause that had done the wrong, nor for his cause that suffered wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear to you. Therefore we were comforted in your comfort, yes, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. For if I have boasted anything to him of you, I am not ashamed. But as we spoke all things to you in truth, even so our boasting which I made before Titus is found a truth. And his inward affection is more abundant toward you, while he remembers the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. I rejoice, therefore, that I have confidence in you in all things. Psalm 48, 1-14 Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, on the sides of the north, the city of the great King. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled, they passed by together, they saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them, and pain as of a woman in travail. You break the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish it forever. Selah. We have thought of your loving kindness, O God, in the midst of your temple. According to your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. 
Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of your judgments. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark you well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces, that you may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God for ever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Proverbs 22, 17-19 Bow down your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. They shall withal be fitted in your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to you this day, even to you. I want to speak to you today from Isaiah chapter 55 and 56, and then we're going to jump into the book of Ecclesiastes. And in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6, it is written, Seek Hashem while he can be found. Call to him while he is near. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The prophetic counsel, seek Hashem while he can be found, call to him while he is near, introduces a section offering hope and reward for those who sincerely desire to repent. This chapter is traditionally read publicly on fast days, days meant for introspection and inner reflection, and commentators provide many interpretations to its meaning. Some understand the phrase, seek Hashem while he can be found, as referring to the month before the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, when prayer is especially desirable. The Jerusalem Talmud understands it in terms of location. Seek Hashem where he is found, in the synagogues and in the study halls. The underlying message is the same. If you seek Hashem out in the right way, you will be able to find him, and he is always there awaiting your return. Now I want to look at chapter 56 from Isaiah. And in we'll start with verse 4. For thus said Hashem, As for the eunuchs who keep my Shabbat, who have chosen what I desire and hold fast to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons or daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which shall not perish. The Israel Bible Commentary 2, verse 5, reads as follows. Jerusalem's famous Holocaust Museum, Yad Vashem, a monument and a name, takes its name from this biblical verse. Isaiah articulates Hashem's promise that even those who are unable to have sons and daughters will be memorialized in Jerusalem by their everlasting name. According to its mission statement, The museum safeguards the memory of the past and imparts its meaning for future generations. Yad Vashem has already collected and memorialized the names of over four million Jewish victims of Nazi persecution and aims to persist until all six million names are recovered. The museum is often a first stop for visitors to the Jewish state because in order to appreciate the state of Israel, one must understand the tragedy of the Holocaust. Continuing on, verse 6. As for the foreigners who attach themselves to Hashem, to minister to Him, and to love the name of Hashem, 
to be his servants, all who keep the Shabbat and do not profane it, and who hold fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my sacred mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices shall be welcome on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So this is very significant because what this is saying is that following the Torah and stepping into the covenant that God gave to his people at Mount Sinai is not just for the Jewish people. It's for all people. It's for any person, whosoever will believe, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so this is for all people, not just for the Jews. And the promise is, he's saying, I will bring them to my mountain, that is Mount Zion, and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. So it's not just for the Jewish people. It's for all people who choose to follow the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, and his son, Yeshua, the Messiah. It's for all people. But the caveat being, keep the covenant, keep the Shabbat, love the name of Hashem, and his name is yod Yahweh, and walk in his ways, keep his commands. That's what we need to do to be included in this group of people who will be brought to the sacred mountain and who will be allowed to rejoice in the house of prayer in Jerusalem. So that's a very exciting and wonderful thought. Now I want to jump into the book of Ecclesiastes. And there's a lot of wisdom in this book. Solomon had all means at his disposal. He had the time, he had the wealth, he had everything he needed to try and understand the world and why it is the way it is and how do you find true joy and contentment and happiness. So it was this vast experiment that he was doing, observing and watching and learning. um, How does a man find happiness? How does a person find joy in this life? And so he saw lots of evils, lots of injustice, lots of um, things that can vex the spirit. And so he, he gleaned some real wisdom. Now remember, wisdom was granted to Solomon because God asked him, what is it you desire? And instead of asking for wealth or asking for anything selfish, he said, please grant me wisdom so I can rule wisely as a king. And so God granted him great wisdom and wealth because he didn't ask for it. So he's a wise man and there's a lot of wisdom here in this book. So let's take a look at chapter 8, verse 6. For there is a time for every experience, including the doom, for a man's calamity overwhelms him. The Israel Bible uh, commentary to this verse reads as follows. The word hyphets translated here as experience, also means desire. Solomon explains that this verse means that God desires that various biblical commandments be observed at specific times of the year. Each season contains unique powers, 
The month of Elul, for example, which precedes the high holidays, is conducive to repentance. Adar, the month in which the joyous holiday of Purim is celebrated, is a month of happiness. While Av, the month in which the two temples in Jerusalem were destroyed, is a month of mourning. Each year a person can tap into the different powers corresponding to the different times of year. The sages tell us that the exodus from Egypt took place in the month of Nisan, the month in which the high holiday of Pesach or Passover is celebrated, and that the ultimate redemption will take place then as well. Therefore, a prayer for redemption is included in the Pesach Seder, which ends with the words, Next year in Jerusalem. Now let's take a look at chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, where it is written, I have further observed under the sun that the race is not won by the swift, nor the battle by the valiant, nor is bread won by the wise, nor wealth by the intelligent, nor favor by the learned. For the time of mischance comes to all, and a man cannot even know his time, as fishes are enmeshed in a fatal net, and as birds are trapped in a snare, so men are caught at the time of calamity when it comes upon them without warning. So that's a deep thought. During World War II, when bombs were being dropped all over Europe, if you happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, that bomb could hit your town or village and you're gone. If you happened to be Jewish during World War II and you lived in Germany, uh, boy, that net could come down very swiftly. And we don't know when these things are going to happen, when suddenly a calamity comes upon us. If you happen to go to work one day to the one of the Twin Towers on September 11th of 2001, you probably came to the end of your fate. We don't know when these things will happen, so it's always good to cherish life and cherish God and cherish our loved ones and not take anything for granted. So, Heavenly Father, I do pray right now that we will take the words that Solomon wrote from the book of Ecclesiastes to heart and that we will understand and learn and know that what brings true joy and contentment is not money, it's not wealth, but it's to just enjoy each day the breath of life that you give to us to enjoy you and to enjoy our loved ones and to just enjoy the simple things, a glass of wine, a good meal, fellowship with friends. But this is what makes a person rich. And our life is fleeting, so may we enjoy each day and look for the good in each day and be thankful in our hearts for each day that you give to us. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Yevrekah Adonai 
Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai the ironic blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.